Hi there, and welcome to the next episode of Ocean, ocean Science, Science Radio. Radio. On this episode, we'll be talking to an energy company that's looking at the ocean from a unique perspective. The renewable energy revolution is in its early stages, with states pledging to convert 50, 60, even 100% of their energy to renewable sources within 10 to 20 years. The biggest hurdle so far has been the energy storage problem. Enter HydroStore. So my name is Curtis Van Wallingham, and I'm the CEO of HydroStore. We've designed and are commercializing an underwater compressed air energy storage solution. Basically, what HydroStore does is turn a balloon of air into a form of stored energy by compressing it, but by using the natural depth pressure found deep within an ocean or a lake. This concept of underwater compressed air actually came up back, I think it was the 70s or 80s, and a Japanese guy had filed a patent for a similar concept. And many groups have tried it over the years. The, the challenge was always finding a way that's doing it in an environmentally friendly and cost-effective manner. The question's always been, where do you put all of the air? Typical compressed air would use underground caverns, solution mined uh, salt caverns or empty natural gas wells. Alternatively, they can put it in steel pressure vessels. But there have been a few issues with these methods. The steel pressure vessels are quite expensive, uh, and the caverns are often not where you need them. So what we've done is we've designed an alternative place to put the air using the hydrostatic water pressure found at depths of lakes or oceans. Once you start doing marine work, it can get very costly very quick. So... Uh, that's what we spent the time doing, is, is finding a very low-cost way of installing this hydrostatic underwater air cavity that lets compressed air energy storage be used in, in many thousands more sites, not just where you happen to have a, a solution-mined cavern. So the battery can only produce energy for as long as there's air in the bag. Our base design is 10 megawatts that can produce power for 10 hours. For the base model, it can generate 100 megawatt hours of energy. Just for perspective, 100 megawatt hours of energy is the equivalent of burning 74,000 pounds of coal or powering about 110-ish US homes for a month. So their lowest storage design can supply power to roughly 7,900 homes for that 10 hour time period. There's no technical reason that you couldn't be making something one-tenth that size or 200 times that size. The equipment's all available. It's just a matter of, of what's the right application. You plan to get to the larger systems eventually, but I think uh, whenever you commercialize a new technology, you kind of start at the smaller sizes and work your way up. Whenever there is surplus energy being produced, it's used to run an electric air compressor, pumping air temperature air into the cavity and filling up the underwater balloon. Even the heat from the air is stored as energy for later use. So the solution could work perfectly with storing overproduction of energy at, say, a solar farm or an offshore wind farm that can be used when the sun's not shining or the wind is not blowing. When power is at high demand on land, a valve is opened up on shore and that stored air which is being pushed on by the ocean pressure comes whooshing out. That air then is used to turn turbines on land and generate electricity. Boom, air battery. That's right. When I explain it to my, my mom and, and, and dad, that's exactly how I describe it. It's a low-cost underwater air battery. All good in theory, but will it actually work in real life? So we have one facility in operation. 
in Toronto Island, Canada, so just off of Canada's largest city, Toronto. It's being operated by Toronto Hydro. We've got a contract to build a, another facility in the island of Aruba to help a wind farm there absorb surplus wind at night and provide it as peaking power the next day. Just put our first plant into service a couple of months ago, and so we're just starting to ramp up. And what's the expected impact of these projects on the ocean? It was deemed a net positive, uh, both for the marine life as well as the air quality. So how we install this is we're, we primarily use directional drilling. We drill an airline that stays subterranean below the earth, right from the land-based system, right through to the underwater location for the air cavity, and it then pops out roughly a 12-inch pipe, pops out of the sea floor at that location. And we use that now as a, an installation conduit to pull a air cavity down that largely consists of local rock to provide a marine habitat. Uh, and then it locks on the end of that pipe for supplemental ballast. And we go to pretty deep depths as well. I think it's important to note that we're, we target depths of kind of 200 to 600 meters deep. And so we're not in the sensitive spawning uh, grounds or coral and, and that sort of thing. The, the worst thing that can go wrong underwater is an, an air leak. And we, we have a, a lot of safety measures in place. Not only has this technology been proven to be viable, but it also has a low environmental impact. So what's the catch? So energy storage, while it's always been technically viable, it has not been economically viable. It's just too expensive. So in that storage, you really have two different markets. One is rapid response. So you could think of this as a solar field that is clouds cover. Storage needs to switch in and out very rapidly or surges in wind. We're talking uh, milliseconds and it can go full charge, discharge, and back again, you know, every second or two. That is the market for flywheels, uh, lithium-ion batteries, uh, and they produce very well and, and they do very well in that very short duration market. The second storage segment is the long duration. So this is moving lots of power from day to night or night to day. An example here would be an island or microgrid that wanted to go 100% solar. So they overbuilt their system to generate more energy than they actually need during daytime hours. Use that extra energy to power these compressors, push the air underwater, and then later use that excess energy to power themselves at night. That's the segment that HydroStore plays in, but it's not necessarily a solution for everybody right now. The limitations, however, are we can only go where there's deep water, so and we have a certain size limit of at least five megawatts. You know, batteries can go in, in anybody's home or basement, a garage, a car. There's tremendous applications for batteries, certainly, but if you if you need a lot of storage and you're coastal or you're a Caribbean island and you're looking for, for support for a wind farm or a solar farm, I think uh, they'd be pleasantly surprised uh, with these economics instead of using a battery to accomplish the same goal. With about 44% of the world's population living near an ocean and even more living near lakes and flooded caves, compressed air could be an interesting solution to our planet's energy storage problem. So where did the idea come from? My background is more from the, the electrical utility or energy space, uh, helping design strategies and work on capital projects. 
My business partner came from the oil and gas industry, where he's very familiar with the machinery, the compressors, turbo expanders, drilling. We were working together and, and uh, trying to do a small pumped hydro plant, which is really when you lift water into the air. So you pipe water out of one body of water, filter it, send it to a higher elevation, flood some land or store it in a lake at that higher elevation, and then on discharge, you run it like a hydroelectric plant to produce the power again. And there's some severe environmental challenges, but also limitations on where you could site such a thing. So it turned out that the facility we were looking at, we couldn't use this pumped hydro concept for one reason or another. And that's when my business partner, Cameron Lewis, came up with the concept. He said, if, if the only way you're storing energy is by holding water in the air, why can't we submerge air under the water and accomplish the same thing? With governments like Hawaii and the Caribbean islands setting goals for 100% renewable energy grids, a storage solution like HydroStores makes those goals reachable much quicker. You know, I think there's a real need for us to do something about the climate change, and people that care about the oceans, I think, are in tune to that uh, as much, if not more, than, than most people, given the amount of heat that's being absorbed by our oceans. And to get off fossil fuels, we need renewable energy. Renewable energy needs storage. There's not one silver bullet. There's many types of storage. They all have their place. But we think this is a, a very cost-effective, environmentally sensitive alternative for some location. HydroStore is currently looking for new opportunities to deploy their energy storage technology. So if you happen to know of a beachside municipality or wind farm, or even the owner of a private island looking for an energy storage solution, be sure to check them out. Thanks to Curtis from HydroStore for talking with us today, and big thanks to you, our listeners. And join us next time for another episode of Ocean, Ocean Science, Science Radio. Radio. air battery taking us on this lovely lovely adventure